Part of our current systemic racism can be traced back directly to the legacy of the institutional church. It was the church that created the doctrine of discovery, the heretical teaching that non-white, non-Christian people are less than fully human, so their land could be taken, their children could be taken, they could be enslaved, raped, and abused because they were merely property. In previous episodes, I have talked a lot about systemic racism and how white supremacy is such a major problem here in the U.S. I want to talk a little bit about the deep roots of that. And I think it might be helpful to start with an article that kind of sums it up and brings everything together pretty concisely. This article is actually from the Asian American Christian Collaborative. It was written by Ken Shigematsu. I'm only going to share parts of the article. There are some parts of it that feel a little Christian preachy, so I'm going to skip over that. But I will include a link to the original article, and I encourage you to check it out for yourself because within the article, there are other links that lead you to pages where you can learn so much more about this topic and about related topics. The article was published November 5th, 2020, and it's called The Church's Role in Creating Systemic Racism and How the Church Can Dismantle It. We still live with the legacy of historical heretical beliefs. In 1882, Canada's first Prime Minister, John A. Macdonald, said to the House of Commons, quote, I have reason to believe that the agents as a whole are doing all they can by refusing food until the Indians are on the verge of starvation to reduce the expense, end quote. In other words, let's starve the Indians to death to cut our expenses. In 1876, the Indian Act was passed by the Canadian government. They seized control of First Nations land, in most cases without proper properly compensating them. The act also set in motion a process which would lead to the destruction of indigenous traditions. What created the political and legal justification for European colonists to seize lands that were already occupied by people and, among other abuses, take indigenous children out of their families, put them in residential schools, and essentially tell them that, quote, the Indian in you needs to be killed, end quote. The justification came from something known as the Doctrine of of discovery. The doctrine of discovery emerged from papal bulls issued by Pope Nicholas V. The first of those papal bulls that was issued by Pope Nicholas V was called Dum Diversus, and it was issued on June 18, 1452. That doctrine created political and legal justification for European colonists to seize the land of native people, and it paved the way for indigenous peoples to be abused. That doctrine, the Dum Diversus, authorized King Alfonso V of Portugal to enter foreign lands and subjugate Muslims, pagans, and other unbelievers to perpetual slavery. Pope Nicholas issued another papal bull in 1454 that gave Catholic nations of Europe dominion over lands they quote-unquote discovered and encouraged them to enslave native non-Christian peoples in Africa and the Americas. Eventually, these pronouncements became the basis for European Christian nations to dominate, oppress, and claim the lands of people in Asia, Australia, and New Zealand. The Doctrine of Discovery asserted that if a white Christian Europe 
European claimed to discover a land in the name of the European monarch and planted the flag of the king on its soil, the land was now the king's, even if someone else was living there. As a Navajo activist, author, and pastor, Mark Charles points out, you cannot discover land that already belongs to other people. Many people still assume that Christopher Columbus discovered North America, but he did not. There were indigenous people who had lived there long before he arrived. The whole doctrine of discovery is false teaching and heresy based on the assumption that non-European, non-Christian indigenous people are subhuman. Therefore, European Christians are free to take whatever belongs to non-white, non-Christian people because any claims they have to anything, including land, are not valid. Part of our current systemic racism can be traced back directly to the legacy of the institution church. It was the church that created the doctrine of discovery, the heretical teaching that non-white, non-Christian people are less than fully human, so their land could be taken, their children could be taken, they could be enslaved, raped, and abused because they were merely property. The effects of the doctrine of discovery continue to this day. I know a Caucasian woman here in the city of Vancouver who has many significant friendships with indigenous women. When those indigenous women have been pregnant, she accompanies them to the hospital so they literally will not lose their babies because of racial bias. If this woman advocates for her indigenous women friends, they are far less likely to be racially profiled. They are less likely to be deemed unfit to raise their child and less likely to have their babies taken from them by social workers or others. At 10th Church, we begin our public services with an acknowledgement that we live, work, and worship on the traditional and unceded land of the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waltooth, and Squamish Coast Salish peoples. This is a way of saying we categorically reject the doctrine of discovery. We human beings have a built-in neurological capacity to look at other human beings and quickly assess, are you in my cave or are you not in my cave? And if you're in my cave, I will either ignore you or, as research shows, if I'm threatened, I will treat you with hostility. But according to neuroimaging brain scans, if you look at someone who looks different from you and then you are told that this person has a similar upbringing or education or religious background or similar whatever, then the compassion circuits in your brain light up. Science tells us that no matter how different we may look, we share 99.9% of the same genes with all human beings. That other 0.1% accounts for differences in hair texture, eye shape, skin color, etc. We are more similar than dissimilar. Often what we see in others is a reflection of what is inside ourselves. There may be legitimate reasons why we see some individuals as horrible. But if you tend to see everyone as horrible and evil, you're likely projecting what's going on inside you onto them. Most people would not admit to being racist. Most people don't see themselves as racist. When we move toward people who are different from us, whether because of their race, ethnicity, culture, gender, orientation, whatever, our prejudices tend to fall away. In his inspiring memoir, The Sun Does Shine, How I Found Life and Freedom on Death Row, Anthony Ray Hinton, who goes by Ray, writes about how he spent 30 years on death row for a crime he did not commit. When he was arrested, he was told by the police officers that he would be going to jail because he was black. While Ray was in prison, he became good friends with a white man named Henry. Only much later did Ray learn that Henry was the son of a leader in the Ku Klux Klan. Henry had also been part of the KKK and had been a 
arrested, convicted, and imprisoned for lynching a black teenage boy named Michael Donald. When Ray confronted Henry about his identity, Henry confessed, quote, Everything my mom and dad taught was a lie, Ray. Everything they taught me against blacks, it was a lie. You know, just about everything I know about people, I learned from my mom, end quote. Ray replied, quote, Yeah, I guess I was just lucky enough that my mom taught me to love people no matter what. She taught me to forgive, end quote. You was lucky, Ray, Henry said. You was really lucky. Ray and Henry's friendship, though unlikely, was a priceless gift to them both. They realized they had more in common than not. I appreciate how this article sums up the roots of racism and white supremacy in the Americas and Africa, and pretty much globally. I encourage you to take a look at the article for yourself and check out some of the links that are included. The story where they talk about Ray and Henry. There's a link to an article where they discuss the reason why Ray was in prison. Remember, Ray is the guy who was the son of a KKK leader, and he was actually in prison because they had lynched a black teenage boy named Michael Donald. And the really devastatingly sad thing about that is that Michael Donald hadn't even done anything wrong. His lynching was just a response to the white mob being upset about another case that was going on. So if you want to learn a little more about that, definitely check out this article, check out the links that are included. But going back to the beginning, the Dumb Diversus and the other papal bulls that were issued by the Catholic Pope way back in the 1400s, I want to dive a little more deeply into that. So I'm going to do that in the next episode and talk about why they felt the need to issue those decrees. It was definitely in response to something. So I'll get into that in the next episode. Thank you very much for taking some time to listen to Path of a Green Witch podcast.